right. I want to get a little D-Now love. How many of y'all got to go to D-Now this weekend? How many loved it? How many will say, hey, you got to go next year if you didn't go? All right. I heard from many of y'all saying this was the best D-Now we've ever done, so I appreciate that. I know the subject matter was very different, but a lot of you said, hey, Kent, it was really needed, so I appreciate that. We added some more chairs in the back, so if you are sitting double to uh, a chair, we have more chairs in the back if you need to sit. We're on the Sermon on the Mount. We're calling it Discipleship 101. Okay? Discipleship, or being a disciple, means being a what? Y'all got to get louder with this. Being a disciple means um, being a what? Okay, so as a Christian, we are a disciple of Jesus Christ, yes or no? Okay, so and as a disciple, we're to make what? So disciples need to make what? So as you're learning this, the Sermon on the Mount, called the greatest sermon ever uh, made by Jesus, the greatest teacher ever there was, and he's going through this stuff. The point of this, Discipleship 101, is to show you how we need to be teaching people. I mean, think about how we begin. We begin with the Beatitudes, which we know is the formation of how one comes to the Lord. Okay, It's not just separate Beatitudes. It's, it's together. It's a process. <clears throat> then we're told to be salt and light. Then he gets into the Sermon on the Mount. And already we've gone over murder about hate in the heart, we've gone over adultery, about lust in the heart, and we went over a little bit about the, uh, the end of that, the marriage, about how, how not to divorce, but what marriage is to look like. And so he continues that here on oaths. And I will tell you that this one is probably the hardest one to understand because many times it's not taught fully or correctly. So... I want y'all to hang with me tonight as we're looking at Matthew 5, 33 through 37. And he begins with something weird here. He says, again, you have heard. He's talking about, again, that you heard. He's saying this is a continuation of what he talked about with divorce because marriage is a commitment. That those of old have said, you shall not swear falsely and you shall not perform to the Lord what you have sworn. This, uh, this actually comes from Levit- Leviticus 9.12, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But I say to you, not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for it cannot make one hair uh, white or black. Let your Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil so what is he talking about here well we're going to talk we're going to dive a little deeper here oaths involved a lot more than what we thought oaths involve invoking god's name or substituting for it guaranteed the truth of one statement that's how they sometimes used it numbers 32 talks about that jesus disciples are not to swear at all instead they are to let their character should be such integrity that their words can be believed without an oath. And we're going to get into this. So where are we at? Well, this continues on the commandments. We've talked about commandment 
Number six, right? Thou shalt not murder, which we said that's in the heart. We go then to commandment number seven, uh, seven, adultery, which is do not commit adultery, which is lust in the heart. And on divorce, you can almost say that's commandment 10 because some people would divorce because they, the grass sometimes looks greener on the other side. In other words, they begin to covet, which is thou shalt not covet. And some people divorce because, hey, I think that marriage looks better or that woman looks better or that man looks better. And let me just tell you guys and girls, everything looks better from another perspective. Okay? I'm just going to tell you that right now. You have to make things work. So now we're hitting on two commandments here, though. We're hitting on the third and the ninth commandment. All right, so let's go over the Ten Commandments again. Why am I teaching you so much? Well, because when you don't understand sometimes the background of what you're learning, you're not going to be able to teach it yourself. Because disciples make what? So that means students begin to teach other students. So, the third commandment, let's go over them. Number one commandment in the Ten Commandments, put God first. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Put God first. Number two, do not bow down to idols. Number three, do not take God's name in vain. So, this was important. What do you mean? Well, when you put God in a command or an oath, and you break that oath, you have just put his name in what? Vain. Number four, go to church and rest or keep the Sabbath day holy. Number five, honor your father and your mother. Number six, thou shalt not murder. Number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Number eight, do not steal. Number nine, do not bear false witness, which means what? Do not lie. Number ten, do not covet Okay. You do not you need to know, know these things. The Ten Commandments is a big part. So here we go. And that's Exodus 27 and Exodus 2016. In the, in, in the actual verses it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Remember what the, one of the uh, lawyers asked? Who's my neighbor? Who we found out who our neighbor is? Everyone. So what is an oath? Well, oath means a vow, a sworn declaration that one will tell the truth. So when you go into the court and say, I, I promise to tell the whole truth and nothing truth, so help me God, all right, that is an oath. Uh, it's a vow. But they would use vows and truths back in that time for everything. Will you pay me? Yes. Will you swear to it? I swear to it by the Father. Or they, didn't, they thought if they did that by saying by God, that was putting his name in vain. So they would say, I swear to it by heaven. I'll swear to it by earth. I'll swear to it. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. So... That was a declaration of truth that, that one was telling the truth by taking the oath. But an oath involved invoking God's name or substitutes for it to guarantee one statement of truth. But we had a problem. 
Oaths were allowed in Israel, but the person was required to fulfill them, especially because they often involved saying the name of the Lord. And we're going to talk about this further with James here, man. <clears throat> but Leviticus says, 19.12, You should not swear by the name falsely, uh, and so profane his name of your God, I am the Lord. Number, uh, uh, numbers 32. If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all proceeds of his mouth. Okay, Kent, well, it, what, what's the issue? Well, the issue is this. Followers of Christ are accountable to God for the words we use. The problem with the vows were that they started to scale them. Scale them means to let them have different weights, okay? Like, so if I, if I pulled up a scale in here, and I tell Drew to, ta- uh, to hop on, all right? And Drew is much better shaped than I am, all right? But he weighs a certain way, and then I jump on, and I weigh a certain way, and if I jumped in and asked someone else to get up here, and they weigh a certain way, that's like a, that's weighing. In other words, it weighs different weights. In other words, um, but that can go on to positions as well. For example, when a principal calls you to the office, it's a little different if, if, the, if the secretary calls you to the office. Am I right? Yeah, if the secretary called me to the office, it meant I forgot my lunch at school, I mean at home, and mom brought the lunch. But if the principal called me to the office, it meant I was in trouble. See, so you weigh those positions. Well, here he's saying, hey, I, I have four kinds, Jesus mentions four kinds of scaled oath, and here are the problems. The first one was by heaven. By heaven. Okay? We're going to come back, I'm going to say each one, then we're going to come back to them, because they all kind of play into each other. The other one was by earth, or by the earth. The third one was by Jerusalem, and the fourth one was by your head. All right, so I want those to stay up for a little bit, and I want us to talk. So oaths became the opportunity to scale ones or to weigh one's obligations to what one said. A good example was this on they actually had statements in the in rabbi teachings called the Menashe uh, Sabot, uh, and then uh, chapter 4, verse 14, actually shows how one can be exempt from one's words, how you can word something right for you can scale your oath in case you break it, you're okay. The point is they were substituting names into oaths for they wouldn't have to complete it. Or if they did not complete it fully, it was okay because they did not say it in the name of God. So, Jesus is dealing with theology here. Since God is omnipresent, none of these substitutions worked. For example, he says, Do not swear by heaven, for it is the what? Throne of God. So by heaven, put a line and say the throne of God. He says you can't swear by heaven because it's the throne of God. He's there. You can't swear by the earth because it's the footstool of God. 
put footstool right by the earth. He says, you can't swear by Jerusalem because it is the city of the great king. He says, God's there. And then he says, what? You can't swear by your head because you can't make one hair black or one hair uh, white. You have no control over it. The point being, listen, the point being is this. Swearing by heaven is not less than swearing by God because heaven is God's throne. Swearing by earth is not lower than heaven because it is God's footstool. Swearing by Jerusalem is not less than either heaven or earth because it's the city of the great king. And swearing by one's head, well, you cannot make one hair white or black. And God can. He is in charge, even of your head. God is king over all, and an oath that touches everything under God makes a person accountable for the words they used. So he's saying this. My followers, you're accountable to the words that you use. There is no such things as different types of oath. There's only the truth. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to swear that by this, but hey, at least I'm not using God's name right here. But he says you are using his name in vain because he touches everything. I've heard people swear oaths by their children. Who made those children? God. The point being is that God touches everything and that your truth will be enough that when we that we cannot weigh these things differently and there cannot be a different set of rules that you make this is why a lot of people call christians hypocrites but he's saying don't do this you're accountable for every word that you say did you just get what i said you're accountable for every word that you say so i'm going to say it like this and i hope you write this down you're accountable for every word you say, slash text, slash social media, slash Snapchat, slash fill in the blank. Every word means every word. I hate, 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 hate that some of you think because you tap it on a computer screen, you separate yourself and you think you can leave your Christianity at the chair and write whatever you think you want to write on social media. It is not what a Christian does. Then I get really aggravated when people call you out on it and you say this, it ain't none of your business. You just put it on the World Wide Web. It is somebody's business. If you, if, if you think we're poking nose, hey, we don't need all these people coming out. Y'all need to sit. Thank you. We need to understand that what we say, so the accountability, see, because a lot of you are sitting there going, well, good, I'm great. I don't say nothing. No, you text it. You're going to text cuss words where you would never say that. You would text things that are more sexually oriented that you would never text. You would do all these things because you feel like it isn't your, it's not you but it is you, and you say that I follow Jesus. Following Jesus means you follow Jesus at all times. Words and words from your mouth and from your fingers 
all count in that category. Does everybody understand me? So when I'm saying this point, followers are accountable to the words that they use is not just talking about what comes out of their lips. Okay, number two. Followers of Christ, (coughs) yes and no should be enough. Yes and no are enough. Followers uh, Followers of Christ, your yes and no are enough. Put it simply, just to put it simply, we're to be truthful at all times. We're to be truthful at all times. The point of the Lord's words about oath and vows is to emphasize the importance of telling the truth and following through on our intentions. Making a promise by a creative object in order to have an out, like they did, heaven, earth, Jerusalem, should one break the vow, does not honor God, who is truth himself. John 14, 6 says, he is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. The point of both Jesus and James, who we'll read here in a minute, is that it is better not to make a promise at all than to make a promise that one believes can be broken. With impu- uh, you know, to be broken. Two key points I want to point out here. One, honesty. Jesus is saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. James says this, My brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or, by, or, or any other earth, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Honesty, truthfulness, and all you say and do. That should be all you say and do. I apologize. Honesty and truthfulness in all you say and do. So his first key point is, in your yes be yes and your no be no, that, that honesty is all that you say and all that you do. All that you say and all that you do have honesty in it. Number two, integrity, which is moral principles. Are godly principles in all you say and all you do. We should have honesty and integrity. And so when we let our yes be yes and our no be no, we are showing honesty and integrity in what we do. This has been lost. Because so many of you will lie to your parents, will lie to me to get out of trouble at all costs, or you just lie to lie. I know people who just like to lie to lie. You have to be honest and you have to have integrity in your life if you're going to be, let your yes be yes and your no, no, that should be enough. If I go up to one of you and say, I'm going to do it, now let me just tell you, I will forget. And I will do everything at my cost not to forget. But I, but I will do, even if I'm late, it will be done. I understand, I did that this morning. Made a mistake, you know, got over busy. It happens. But my yes should be yes and my no should be no. And usually when I say yes or no to something, people know that I have committed to something and it'll be good. Guys, let your honesty and your integrity define you. When you say you're a follower of Jesus, 
That does not mean that you're going to be perfect in all that you do, no. But it does mean that people are going to know that you mean what you say and you, and, and you do what you say. So we're going to pray right now, and I want you to remember these two things. I want you to remember that as followers of Christ, that we're accountable for, for, for uh, we are accountable to God for the words we use. And I want you to think also that your yes and no are enough. Where do you stand on the truthfulness that people understand that what you say is truth? What you do is of truth and integrity. Where do you stand on that? If you're not sure, come and ask us. But you cannot have truthfulness in your life until you know the way, the truth, and light by Jesus Christ. John 14, 6. If you never read it before, I encourage you to get your Bible out and read it. Let's pray together. Holy Father, we thank you for who you are. We, we thank you for your son. We thank you for the Sermon on the Mount. We thank you for these amazing words that were preached 2,000 years ago. We thank you, Father, that even though this is probably one of the harder ones to fully understand, but Father, but simply we're taking away to be truthful in what we say and that we don't try to weigh different things that we say for we can get out of a promise, but our promises are kept and our truthfulness is met and, our, and we show integrity in what we do and what we say. Please, Father, forgive us where we have failed you. In your name, amen. Will you stand? Will you worship with us? If you need to make a decision or talk to me or Drew, we are here.